Enjoy the show. We're doing it live. I didn't know Fuck. Jesus was in it. Oh, you're fucking right, Jesus was there. Oh, what was that? Laser disc? Yeah, they found a golden laser disc. And it's really confusing the Autobots. They don't have a player for it. That, that's like Cubone, man. That that fedora is in the skull. Do not go to infinity and beyond with this idea. A quick Girls Gone Wild titty flash of Robocop at the end. I could just cut the sandwich in half, and then you can have half, and I can have half. This is when you say, don't look at me in that tone of voice. <laughs> but this is also the start of the show, because this is the 234th presentation from Purjangers and Wallhangers, and this is the Triforce Podcast, of course. I am Matthew Bucarell, the Batman, right next to the barking hero of time, Link Diablo, as well as Cardboard Kelly. And in the Purjanger box is Christopher Bristow, the old man. Shut up. Stop. It's okay. And, of course, our omnipotent presence that is Big Brother, Stephen Bucarell. So we want you to hop on over here every week to purjangersandwallhangers.com where you're going to find all the crazy and funny moments right up at top as well as scroll down. We'll get last week's uh, title because I forget. Uh, That's a spicy (laughs) thicker boy. And as well as last week's uh, or the last Lug Nuts podcast, which was Origami Grills Hydrogen Engines. Yeah, you have to have news to have a podcast. Yeah, yeah. So you'll find all the funniest and lugging and nuttiness right up top there. And you'll find Big Brother at Wall Janger Gaming Monday to Friday streaming the right now Horizon Zero Dawn. Right on part six. Great game. Um, Nice open world. Nice meaty thick joint that you can click that Wall Janger Gaming button right next to my shoulder and you'll find all the greatness as well as this the way we start off every podcast tonight robot animal hybrids no more long contracts a live service creed and more on the triforce podcast so we want to stay on the web page here because uh, a, a light has gone out in the nerdy realm that truly had a finger in all the honeypots, giggity. Um, tonight, we want to rest, you know, put out our well wishes to his family and say rest in peace to Richard Donner. Uh, 91, he was the director of Superman, 1979, I believe, with, I mean, Jesus Christ, Marlon Brando. I didn't know fucking, Jesus was in it. Really? Oh, fucking right, Jesus was there, helping Man, him turn back the world in time. Watch. I don't remember He was that. flying right next well, to him. Well, I mean... He was Superman. He's like this. <laughs> <laughs> he said, Jesus, take the wheel. And then the world turned part. back. It spinned it right around, baby, right around. Um, but- oh, okay. Like a record player. Round, round. <laughs> oh. Right round. <laughs> Gene Hackman and pre-paralyzed Christopher Reeves before he thought horse riding was Obviously. a good idea. And... That alone, and a lot of people were, you know, quoting... It's the sport of kings there, sir. A lot of people were putting mention on that one, and one was Zack Snyder, and he posted the poster for Superman, and at the bottom, of course, it says, it'll make you believe a man can fly. And Zack Snyder just said, thank you for making me believe. 
So it was a nice touch because Superman was that was the start of it of all this nerddom that we are enjoying now. It's because he did a Superman story, admit please, that was not campy. So because we had Richard Donner's Superman, and of course we are welcoming in one all the way from Thermoscara, the plane was a little late, Katarina Thermoscara held over in layover in Saskatchewan. Customs always get you, doesn't it? <laughs> so Kat- she had to part the invisible plane. We are starting off our men- with the podcast with our mention of R.I.P. Richard Donner. Uh, obviously of Superman, Lethal Weapon, Scrooged, Goonies, which we mentioned last week. Oh, that was, I got to put up a, a podcast on our website. Anyway, um, <clears throat> but Superman, it was really, the, that was the start. We wouldn't have gotten. That was the start of movie cinematic superheroes. We wouldn't have gotten Tim Burton's Batman, which everybody loves mm-hmm. and reveres. And it was Superman that showed us that. We had that great content. And it was Richard Donner. It was the orchestral intro to it that is so iconic and still used. You know, it's one of those things to where when someone like this passes, especially with Scrooged, like one of the best modern tellings of fucking Christmas Carol. Come on. Bill fucking Murray. That's all I got to say. I dropped the mic, but it's attached. But... What is your favorite of the bunch? Because I mean, I'm I'm siding with Superman because of how much it means. But Scrooged was fan fucking fantastic. I gotta say, and Lethal Weapon. Oh my god, Goonies brought us Mel Josh was Brolin. Crazy. Goonies brought yes. us Josh Brolin, so that was his That's first true. film. And yeah. without Richard Donner, there would be no Josh Brolin. <laughs> That's fair. I didn't know. I didn't oh, know so you're telling me father? there wouldn't have been a Mad Titan if there wasn't for Richard Donner? So they were we wouldn't related. have gotten the 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 greatest performance as the Mad Titan. That's true. As we did, that is true. Which we have seen the Mad Titan is all throughout the multiverse in last week's Loki, which is amazing, truly amazing. Um, but truly, R.I.P. And I did want to mention this before we start off the podcast because you have to mention and you know pay homage to a true nerdy king and an ultimate wall jagger in and of itself. So rest in peace. You have inspired us all. Speaking of R.I.P.s, um, uh, Robert Downey Sr. passed away. Yes, as well. Man, that one had that one. Uh, that one was crazy. Especially because most people just know him of, you know, Robert Downey Jr.'s dad, but he was a filmmaker. He was a director, yep. and he made a lot of films that people still look and admire at this day. So, you know, two two legends snuffed out by Lady Gaga. How many of us had um, a heart attack when it said Robert Downey, like it cut off that yeah. heart? Oh, my God, man. Like, who? Click which one? Like, which one? Who? Yeah. And, you know. The passing of his father is very, very sad. Um, yeah. I don't want to take anything away from that, but I did like have that moment of like, <gasps> oh. <laughs> well, I yeah, was... I, I read an article where he he wasn't as 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 close as he you know as he was with his father as yeah. he was with his with his stepmom, but yeah, um, but 
I also saw I, I scrolled past it at first because I saw an article to where Robert Downey Jr. unfriends the MCU, and then it turned I was about out to say that yeah. it turned out to be his fucking publicist. And it's just like, all right, guys, let's just lay off the Robert Downey shit. He just did a fucking project with DC. Let's not lose our heads. An excellent project with DC. It was an excellent project, too. It was great. Um, But another thing that's great, well, that's this first story, because Masters of the Universe Revelations drops its first trailer slightly below. Probably going to have to mute that audio because it is great. And everything that is great must be silenced on the YouTube. But the first official trailer for the reboot, and not a teaser, of the 1980s animated action series was dropped last Friday. The five-episode series is a star-packed cast, including Mark Hamill as Skeletor, Lena Headley as Evil Lynn, Chris Wood as Prince Adam and He-Man, Sarah Michelle Geller as Taylor, uh, Liam Cunningham as Man at Arms, Stephen Root as Cringer, Henry Rollins as Triclops, Alicia Silverstone as Henry Queen Marlena, and Jason Mewes as Stinkor and more. So it's picking up right from where the series left off in 1980. There was a huge battle between He-Man and Skeletor, and the sort of power was thought to be lost actually just split into two and this is the journey that we are going on with he-man and all of our favorite people that now have to work together yeah everybody save eternity the hell down now and he-man still doesn't wear a t-shirt just a bra (laughs) strap sun's out guns out i feel like anything else would have not worked i really it's the people who are behind it, the great voice cast, um, even the person that does sound is, like, you know, really on point and amazing in these trailers, mm-hmm. um, you know, as well as ugh, fucking Mark Hamill as Skeletor. Who this else? is like a metal love story to the children of the 80s. Yeah. And I am 1,000% here for this. With Kevin Smith and Mark Bernardin and a whole bunch of smart people behind it who loved He-Man. This and Netflix and powerhouse animation behind this powerhouse fucking Castlevania is giving us He-Man. I'm glad to have this He-Man to show to my children because the OG really did not age. It didn't age well at all. Mm -mm. That's why you just think about it and don't go there. Part one is going to be released on July 23rd. So we'll have to see the heroic adventures of He-Man. And how this turns out, truly, um, as far as I've seen online, everybody is just chomping at the bit for this show. Old man, what do you think? If your mic wasn't well, muted, we would, mic is currently we would muted. definitely find whatever you were saying <laughs> very funny. Um, I just want this show to come out just so I can see it. Yeah, I'm clamoring for it. Well, July 23rd, we're That's almost fair. there. You know, we're in the home stretch, and I'd be, I'll, I'll be very happy to show this to Connor. It would be something that I will enjoy. I kind of like how they did this. We heard about He-Man, we gave them time to make it. They gave us a teaser trailer, and then you know, images up to that teaser trailer, and then after that teaser trailer, a little bit later, before right before the release of the first part, bam, here's a trailer. 
And now you're so hyped up for this He-Man that you're just raring to go for it because it looks great. It looks exactly how you want it to be, and it's Netflix, so animation-wise, it's a DC dummy move. Like, of course, this is going to be good. Like Batman The Long Halloween. You haven't heard me talk about it. They release shit. Why? They don't need me talking about it. It's fucking Batman. It's an animated movie. You're going to watch it. They can make that shit seven parts. You know what you're going to do? Buy every DVD. Or wait for it to go to HBO Max like me. That's it. What can I say except you're welcome? (laughs) (laughs) Which, he's the real MVP. Oh, sorry, wrong one. There we go. Yeah. Um, Another person who's an MVP? That's the person who fucking published this next story, which is... That was a good segue. Of course it is, because Transformers War for Cybertron Kingdom released its first trailer below. And of course, the trailer sees the Autobots uniting with the Maximals in order to find the missing Allspark before the Decepticons and the Predacons can reach it. However, matters are more complicated thanks to the strange artifact known as the Golden Disc. Or, oh, what was that? Laser Disc? Yeah, they found a Golden Laser Disc. And it's really confusing the Autobots. They don't have a player for it like anybody else does. Are they going to show Blue Harvest? (laughs) So we'll have to see how the Transformers play their Laser Disc. But we're getting, I like this because we're getting the mix of worlds that we hoped for in Beast Wars of, you know, Maximals and, and Autobots living together. Mass hysteria. Mm-hmm. We see the Hawk, we see Megatron, and the infamous entrance right here of another Megatron, which that's going to be really confusing in a crowd. Lord Megatron! Yes! Yes, not you, him, not him, you. It's going to be very confusing. You got to have like Megatron A, Megatron B, although that's going to be a battle because it's going to be over supremacy of who's the best Megatron. I would love to both uh, both hear them say, you disappoint me, Starscream. Oh, just like at the same time? You disappoint me, Starscream. They can say it at the same time like we did when we said D-J-A-N-D. WH.com. <laughs> I you feel know? like this would be like Starscream is trying to figure out which one is the real one and which one is the fake one. And him saying that would be like, okay, that's him. And then you should yeah. see the other one. Yeah. That straight up classic moment. And Galvatron. This series has been so good. I mean, like Sofa King. Good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There has to be a shop named Sofa King, and that's going to be a live appearance in the future. I'm just saying. <laughs> we are going live at Sofa King. Just saying. There is a Sofa King. Got to go there. Got to go live. Because it's going to be Sofa King awesome. Just so I could say that. Uh-huh. That would be totally worth the guess. I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> Transformers War for Cybertron. Remember them? Uh, the trilogy was announced in February 2018 and has officially began July of 2020 with Siege followed by Earthrise. And now we're getting Kingdom. A nice little trilogy of Transformers. And now we're getting Transformers 7 where we're going to get more Beast Wars. The uh, Maximals and Predacons that we see in this trailer are exactly 
as you would imagine them from the Beast Wars series, which is fantastic. You saw Dinobot, you saw, uh, you know, uh, Cheetor, Rat Trap, mm-hmm. all of, you know, the fucking one Siberian Tiger, uh, the Hawkeye. Who's the guy that was the ant who was really fucking sociopathic? He had the flame gun. For the colony! I don't remember. I forget his name, but he was my favorite, obviously. Um, but they've crashed landed on Earth. The Autobots and Decepticons are confronted by two rival Cybertronian factions from the future that their conflict has inadvertently created as the heroes and villains of the classic Beast Wars Transformers series make their way for War for Cybertron debut. Now the Autobots must team up with the Maximals to confront the Decepticons, who have joined forces with the Predacons in a race to find the missing Allspark. However, the Predacons are in control of the Golden Disk, a mysterious artifact which has a uh, personal connection to Megatron and gives him an untold advantage over his enemy, Optimus Prime. Uh, Which faction will control the future of Cybertron? We'll have to find out on Netflix July 29th. So, I like it, man. I like a good animated or anime series that you know, really ties in a lot of fan lore and a lot of fan fiction, which, you know, it kind of reminds me of this next story. That was a good segue. (laughs) Because, man, if I did ever have a dream, it looks exactly like this Star Wars vision special look. At an Anime Expo light panel, Lucasfilm revealed a very first look at Star Wars Visions, the upcoming anthology of short anime films set in a galaxy far, far away. A sneak peek featured a huge range of visual styles and ideas with shorts that featured, among many other things, a rock opera, a chibi Boba Fett, uh, droids in straw hats. Who wrote this, me? A, t- a twin star destroyer and much more. Seriously, get out sounds, of his head. That sounds like something I would write. I didn't. I just copied and pasted that shit. But that's awesome. Um, quote: We really wanted to give these creators a wide creative berth. To Throw some explore. fedoras on there. <laughs> <laughs> sprinkle, sprinkle a little fedoras. Uh, fedorable. Foxes. See, there you go. <laughs> you can add me in in any of these animes. Just have a fedorable fox in the corner. Just Amen. scampering about in the background like a little Easter egg. I Even think we need to make a new species. <laughs> the Fedorable Fox. It but permanently has that. No, that, that that's like Cubone, man. That that fedora is in the skull. It's very sad. You got to have adversity. Makes them stronger, damn it. You're going to have the fedora fused to his head like in Matilda. Force-sensitive, thick boy, Fedorable Fox. We can make it work. Um, Lucasfilm executive Jiggs wants <laughs> during a panel. We want this to be as authentic as possible uh, to the studios that and the creators. The idea was this is their vision, rifting off of all the elements of Star Wars Galaxy that inspired them. And a lot of them, it's like I've just been waiting and chomping at the bit to do something like this. So it's going to be very anime. But we're going to get a lot of stuff like, you know, that inspired George Lucas to make Star Wars in the first place. See, Fedora Fox. There you go. That was more of like a floppy, a floppy-eared dog. Um, 
But, you know, samurai laser swords. Not just regular ones. And look at that. Little dagger swords. And creepy, you know, anime characters that just make sense because it's anime. But this is, you know, right in their universe, man. And it's a great opportunity, I think, especially when the shorts were announced at an event. Uh, The studio is working on them. We're told, and this is my chance to butcher as much shit as I can. They include The Duel by uh, Kimikaze Doga, Batman Ninja. Uh, Loop and Ocho by Gino Studio, Golden Kam- uh, Kamoy. Kama, 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 Chameleon. <laughs> God, never. Um, Tatooine Rhapsody by Studio Kolirudu, A Whisker Away, which Tatooine Rhapsody just sounds like you should get some kind of queen permission. You know, like you should have queen, not the queen, but the band queen in that episode Galileo (laughs) you know you just you gotta have that in there um the twins but and the elder by trigger kill a kill which is an amazing anime uh the village bride by kinema citrus tokyo magnitude 8.0 akira akira (laughs) hang on akia re Akia Kiri. Aka Akakiri. There we go. Akakiri. There we go. Phonetically, I'm not too good on that Japanese. Akakiri and T Zero B One by Science Saru. Japan Sinks, which is a fucking dope je- uh, Netflix anime. If you haven't seen it, literally the premise is that Japan is sinking, and then they def- try to find. Uh, radishes or yams or some shit in a minefield and it does not go well um as i'm sure you'd imagine the ninth jedi by production ig from ghost in a shell so we got a lot of top talent on the star wars visions here so i kind of think this is going to be one of those go-to things to watch when it comes out september 27th you feel like we're starting to get like an oversaturation now I think they need to fucking fill out their streaming service and they can just keep cramming think, this shit down my gullet. I think it's an undersaturation of Star Wars. We're not getting enough. Because they're very scant <laughs> I think when we need they a little bit, it. a couple more shows, and then they might be close to maybe enough. Maybe. I actually think that the anime portion is going to be a good distraction from the standard universe. Because it will, yeah. one, not only... Not only Add to the distraction of what the sequel trilogy was a disaster. And not so, not, I've, I've rewatched it. I'm telling you, it's not as bad. Yeah, if, because if you skip Disney Jar Jar, is fixing a lot of little, little, little nuances. Look, then. if you fix, if you just avoid one, right, and you just focus on two and three, it's really not that bad of a trilogy. Um, I, I said sequel trilogy, not prequel. Oh, sequel. I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. Yeah, no, they're they're fucked. <laughs> uh, Mandalorian, when do you want to put it? After the sequels? Uh, let's go for the good side. Let's go for after the original trilogy. I think There's I would have ed- enjoyed it more as its own thing and not something that was tied to Star Wars at all. Just like as a, yeah, but I think they're I think they're up. starting to realize like the extended universe had some really good shit in it, and they want to start pulling. 
pulling that in and start rebringing that back into canon. So the easiest way that kind of like a retelling of those EU uh, experiences is to retell them in an anime form. Okay. I'll allow it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fine with it. Um, No, but I, I definitely like where they're going with it because I think that the anime side of Star Wars is fairly an untapped market, especially when you look at, they've had shorts uh, like fan shorts and stuff like that done. You've gotten a couple mangas, which were in between movies and stuff like that. But are you telling me you untapped that? It uh, it is untapped, and somebody should tap that. Is my point. It's just convoluted <laughs> enough to work. Try not to think about it too much. Okay. But I'm definitely looking that forward to this series when it comes out. Another series I'm looking forward to. Well, that's this next story. That was a good segue. <clears throat> As the name implies, what if we'll showcase different versions of the MCU and answer questions like, what if Tony Peggy Stark Carter died right there? <laughs> was well, there chosen wouldn't be a movie <laughs> to get the super soldier serum instead of Steve Rogers. What if Yondo kept t- uh, kidnapped? T'Challa instead of Peter Quill when he came to Earth, and what hap- would happen if Killmonger saved Tony Stark? Answers that we will get to see a lot of different stuff here. Uh, you see, it's obviously we're going to get some Doctor Strange because it is the multiverse. We even see uh, Watu, the Watcher, um, in this trailer as well. And there's a lot of really good talent in here. The recasted Tony Stark's voice don't even fucking care. But it is still canon. So there's a chance that we could see some of these live action versions, especially with multiverse themes in the future. How little Howard the Duck. Yeah, man. You know, it looks great. And especially the art style of this, this August, I'm going to be tuning in. You're getting Marvel fucking zombies. You're getting, you know, Captain Carter, mm-hmm. a little Billy badass right there in and of herself. And then you have T'Challa as being a Ravenger. You know, that's that's really dope. Spider-Man, we're, he's seen with a cape at some point in the trailer. Little Ego, the Ancient oh, One. You know, we're seeing the Dora Milaje in here. We're seeing a lot of really great content. So if, if we could take this... And in the Multiverse of Madness, add a couple of these characters from that into there, even as, like, side background characters. I think that would be really dope. I'm glad. I can't wait. I can't wait. Oh, and Jeffrey Wright is uh, the Watcher. I really like that the animation style there, Um, the light and shadows. It, It looks like they've really put a lot of care into this, and I'm always excited to see that. I mean, it was nothing else. It'll be beautiful to look at. But it was also a bold move when they announced it like, oh, you're doing all these TV series. Oh, and here's an animated one. Well, all right. Wait, what? Now we like we just covered Star Wars is doing animated, but that was announced after this. But this is almost like a forethought of now we can make this animated, but it could still be part of the canonical universe. And it could still have legs. This one, it's in the multiverse. The other one is visions, you know? You could take that however you want. Visions from the Force, you know? Different Jedi throughout history and the starting of it and stuff. So I think there's a lot of different things that are 
that they're doing just by taking something animated, which is a great option to have these days. Yeah, and I don't think – I think animation – has really grown leaps and bounds from the stuff that we were watching as kids. And they're, they're seeing it as a viable entertainment area for adults. And you have to thank Japanese anime for leading the, the pre that, And we wouldn't be getting any of the spectacular things that we have been getting even in the last five years if it wasn't for that. So Yeah, that's a good um, point. Because you are correct. Japanese anime, there was a huge love affair with it in late 90s, early 2000s, that people right. really started attaching to, like, One Piece, Naruto, Dragon Ball, Bleach, all these different stuff. And then you get Tokyo Ghoul with their amazing coffee and different really dark anime yep. from it. And it shows that you can have adult animation. And now we're getting that from the bigs. Hey, we're putting more of an attention on adult animation. Here's Castlevania. Oh, this great animation studio. It's going to relive one of your favorite cartoons of He-Man. So we're getting a lot of a, a big push on anime right? anime and animation right now. And it's hard on the animator's wrist to do it live, but I think we can make it happen. Huh? Triforce <laughs> Animated Podcast Live? No. Uh, as long as, if if you want me to do it, it's stick figures and uneven ones at that. <laughs> we'll make sure that you have a fedora. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. As long as the fedora is involved, we're fine. Um, but, yeah, we'll probably have to wait for technology on that one to make, I don't know, like a Maybe. Snapchat filter or whatever. But one thing we won't have to wait for is the next story because the MCU will no longer have actors sign nine movie contract minimums, which this is the big thing. We know Samuel L. Jackson had a nine-year deal. Anthony Mackie had a whopping 10-year deal, you know, and then you have the other end of Elizabeth Olsen, who only had a two-movie deal. We had Tom Hiddleston. I think he had, like, a, a six- or eight-movie deal. Uh, yeah, a six-film deal. And now, you know, a lot of those actors are still coming back. But with, you know, Tom Hiddleston and Chris Evans, with their contract deals for movies, that's a long time. Now, as an actor, it's guaranteed money. But they're also saying in this article that it's less time that you have to do other properties. Chris Evans was amazing in Knives Out. Yep. Yeah, and, and there's also things that they kind of have to stick to if they do other properties. Because if you look at a lot of the films that even Chris Hemsworth has done outside of oh yeah uh, of, of the MCU, he's still got Men in Black hair. International was not bad. It was no, it, it wasn't bad. It just down too, but it was not bad. It was you know, it wasn't his fault. Can I put it that way? Look, it was it, it was a perfectly fine movie. There we go. But on its own, it's a fine movie. When you compare right. it to the Let's rest of the universe on. of Men in Black, it's not. No, but being mm. that you give these actors more time to do things and other outside projects, you know, Scarlett Johansson is one who has a wide catalog in you know her IMDb, so. Mm. Her being outside of this contract, she's saying she's never coming back. MCU's apparently open to it, you know, like that kind of weird relationship. But 
We also see, like, Hugh Jackman, who said he would never come back and never do Wolverine. Now teasing Wolverine with, like, a Boss Logic art uh, gif and, you know, him and Kevin Feige in the same picture because he was, uh, Richard Donner was a producer on X-Men. So they both, they all work together and stuff. Right. But he, it, it could be, like it could be anime. What it is. It could be. It could be a what if. He popped in for a little uh, end cameo and a what if just to launch the nerds crazier. You know, Feige would do that. Yeah, and it sounds ridiculous and cliche, but that whole never say never thing is so true in this because, like you said, if you bring it in as something as anime or something that is like a super cool cameo or getting to work with something else that's going to like the break the full wall or be really yeah. meta. Even if you're like, you know what, I'm done with this character. There's always going to be that one thing that will bring you back. Yeah. And Disney certainly has the money to pull off whatever it is that will take to get that person back. So I don't think any single one that has said that they're done is Done. Look at the end of the day. If a, a dump truck full of money backed up to Gene Simmons' house, mm-hmm. Kiss is going on fucking tour right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Never say never. Farewell tours, and I'm never coming back. All that kind of stuff. You at the end of the day, you can't really trust it because yes, you mean it in the moment, but even then, when it's not down to money, if somebody just gives you a great role, like Michael That's Keaton in I'm the fl- like, in the Flash movie, if you get that one offer that oh snap i've always wanted to work with this particular person oh they're making this character and this thing is iconic they're gonna come back yeah oh 100 percent. but now especially with the mcu opening up with eternals and we're getting fantastic four we're getting x-men we're getting you know some of our defenders yeah, all back. the fox properties are coming now are, are going to start opening that door into the mcu segue abomination shang chi that's september we're getting and seeing how well all these things quickly. have been going, all these shows that they've been doing and, and the films, people who have had maybe less, because X-Men did did great for what it was, but yeah. attaching that to like the Disney stuff, plus Hugh Jackman has worked with Disney on The Greatest Showman and stuff. There's no way he would turn that down. He toured around with that show when they took it to like a theatrical kind of because uh, right, he's a theater kid. Yeah. yeah. And he... he Apparently, it was a great show. He was the greatest showman. The title was not lying. So I think we'll see him again. I, I yeah, I have a hard time believing that he'd be like, "What work with you know with Disney money on these people and work with all these people?" Nah, hundred percent. I hope it's Deadpool. I really hope that's the first. Time I we think see that him. that's that is that that was what I had in mind, but I didn't want to say it out loud. But yeah, I definitely think that that's what it is. Logan helps Deadpool get to the MCU. Some kind of evil baddie is preventing Deadpool from <laughs> popping in, and he's like, "Oh no, I'm not having this. I'm getting MCU money." And and I even think that he would be like, "You don't have to pay me for this. I'll just do this one." Just for promote, the two of them. I mean, the just fact promote that my they coffee. Stuff with each it's other fine. all the time. Yes. Like Brad Pitt didn't I think Brad Pitt didn't get paid for his Deadpool. It was for his one second shot. Yeah, it, it was, it was something it was like a cup of coffee or something Ryan Reynolds put up, but it also it was I you ha, you blink and you miss it. It was that short of a roll. But I'm like, holy fuck, that's Brad Pitt. Okay. All right. I always saw that meme out there. I guess I was like, you know, looking the other way or something at that point, closing my eyes, but but just to be attached to a to, to a Deadpool movie, 
oh yeah gets you some clout just for the sheer fact that you know you have some some tendencies to break the fourth wall i would still yeah, love like, to see we would all lose is. our minds the, the amount that they play with each other in real life yeah there's there's no way that he would be like no i won't do it i would love no, to see I, him as I, adam I warlock think, though so so this is just me spitballing but i think it's going to be an a segue of x23 coming in and not and not logan you're just going to see deadpool walk behind old man logan as he's like you know on that stone and just being like don't worry buddy i got her i kind of want to do <laughs> i want them to do x23 proper and give her like almost not horror but that kind of dark feel to it because her character was really and she was a fucking assassin she was a dark character and she's a clone so having that feel to it i think is we're seeing a lot of evolution in these mm-hmm. shows that Marvel has coming out. So now with this new policy, we're going to get new characters, especially with multiverse. It is easy to replace somebody. So you could just slot. Somebody yeah. In I mean, with this story, going back to the story, I mean, the original inception of these long contracts was right after Disney purchased Marvel right. and to lock them in. So then the narrative of the, the movie cinematic universe of Marvel can be told. And the only way they can do that is to make sure that they have the consistent actor, actors going through each movie. Yeah. Now, that the, now that the universe is established, people are clamoring to come in. Yeah, they don't, need to, they don't need that. They don't need that. They don't need to be like, you know, we want to keep telling the story as long as possible. Are you locked in? Like, are you in? Do you see Costco advertise really? No. Uh, exactly. My point. You don't need to at that point. Marvel does do the advertising, but really we all know when their stuff is coming out because it has that certain quality of, you know, presentation. Oh, absolutely. And Link approves. But, you know, it's just like that's actually what Kevin Feige said about this is what exactly what the old man said is they don't need to lock them into contractual obligations, which is a very good idea. You don't have to commit yourself 100 percent. to well, you, a get a, long you get a different line. you get a different assemblance from the from the actor um, just because they, they they're not feeling tied down by the property. They're, they're willing to give more because they're they're being more productive and and then they're allowed to have free reign outside of that that universe. And also certain roles you don't mind when they're recast. Mark Ruffalo and Don Cheadle. We all wanted to see Ed Norton because I think the Ed Norton Hulk, Hulk would have been a lot better and a lot more badass. You know, probably would have snapped Thanos's neck because he's incredible. I don't know. But that's, you know, the kind of thing. Lou Ferrigno was trash-talking the Hulk. Yeah. I saw that. Nobody cares. To put it in Arnie speak, you know, puny girly man. You know, kind of what he thought. Uh, Which you can't really argue with that. Um, But another thing you might be able to argue with is this next story. Because Zack Snyder is teaming up with Netflix once again for his next movie, which is going to be a Star Wars-inspired space epic. Director Zack Snyder is making a new sci-fi adventure movie for Netflix called Rebel Moon, 
According to an exclusive story from The Hollywood Reporter, according to Snyder, this idea originally started life as a Star Wars pitch, but didn't move into anything more serious after Disney acquired Lucasfilms in 2012. But it seemed that the original inspiration is still an important part of the project. Snyder told The Hollywood Reporter that Rebel Moon comes from his love of Star Wars as well as Japanese director Akira Kurosawa, whose movies served as key inspiration for George Lucas when he created the first Star Wars movies, which is exactly what we were talking about. That's what the feeling I got from those Star Wars visions, you know, short uh, clips that we saw in the trailer. Straight up, Akira Kurosawa, it's one of those heavy inspirations to where this guy, I think he can do a sci-fi, you know, samurai-style space epic odyssey. And have this as another universe for him to play in, just like the Army of the Dead universe. Because they're talking about doing, like, Heist of the Dead and different kind of other films in that to where he has these universes to play. Which, yes, you could say Marvel, but really the first person who really had a a solid universe, I'm going to argue saying Kevin Smith with the Viewers Universe. They gave through everything, and I think that's why Marvel had that little nod to Kevin Smith with the Mallrats script on in Captain Marvel because nobody really conceived of a universe before him of all these films being actually tied together. That seemed ridiculous. You can't do that. And then he not fucking did it. Not to mention what he did for Stan Lee and having him in Mallrats. Yes, and continuing to help this old guy who got screwed over like everybody else does in the comic industry. Well, Absolutely. I credit Kevin Smith for Stan Stanley's meteoric rise at that point because a whole new generation was introduced to him and people who had forgotten and didn't realize that he wasn't making the money that he should have been making off of these characters. I think that's a testament to Kevin. Like he really pushed that out and look at what we got. After. I don't want that fact to be like kind of lost like the woman who made Wi Fi, you know? Yeah, or conceived of Wi-Fi. I want that you know that to really be put in the forefront of there are people that you know a lot of people shit on for bad choices they've made, like Tusk. Right. <laughs> but there are you know a lot of key crucial facts that you can't ignore, like the universe bubble that Kevin Smith really kind of conceived of in film. You know, and to where you had, oh, well, the, we got this Michael Keaton. You can't, you, you can't just have, you know, the Michael Keaton Batman going to this Batman. It's got to be a different Batman. It's got to be a different Superman. And then not having that until Marvel's just like, you know what? You got something there, Kevin. Let me use that. Maybe not as um, He was the, one of the first ones that introduced, like, having movies connected that weren't direct sequels. Yeah. So, like, just think about that. Because if you look at all the movies prior to that, it's like Superman went from one to four. Mm-hmm. You know, you had, you know, Godfather one, two, three. And but then Zack the Snyder, same. he did Man of Steel, and that was just off of the original Superman movies. Like, no, yeah. I'm not I'm not fucking rebooting that shit. You, you know the Superman story. Yeah, he just gave breath to Krypton. Like, it, it was just enough of Krypton to see what they were leaving. Yeah. and Which was cool. That was but very cool. I would have loved to see a little bit more, but, you know, I'm happy with what we got. I, I would, You know, it, what we got was beautiful. 
if, if this yeah, turns out like this that. project turns out anything like his past projects, I think that there, there is going to be a charm to it. And especially when you're looking at a sci-fi space odyssey, there's a plethora of that on Netflix. And they definitely have people that know what they're doing. Just like his, his crew here is people that he's worked with. Uh, Snyder is co-writing uh, with Army of the Dead co-writer Shay Hayton, uh, John Wick 3, Parabellum, and 300 co-writer Kurt Johnstad of Atomic Blonde. So he's also going to direct the movie for Netflix, but he's working with people that he's familiar with that, I mean, you know, 300 and even Army of the Dead, they were solid movies. Mm-hmm. Even if Army of the Dead was a bit smidge too long. Yeah. Um, he has a problem with editing, and I hope that he gets that under control <laughs> yeah, with um, But at the same time, whether you love his movies or not, they are all beautiful films. Lord help us if he does a Chappelle and makes like a seven-hour movie. Oh, my God. I mean, I think he could. He got pretty close with Justice League. Fuck, I think I might have just put an idea in his head. <laughs> Either him or Quentin. Um, no, but... Epic space fantasy movie will be the second major feature film collaboration between Netflix and Snyder in the last several years. As we mentioned, Army of the Dead has multiple planned spinoffs. Meanwhile, Snyder is also developing an animated show for the streaming platform based on Norse mythology, which, if you haven't delved into those books, oh man, is that an awesome mythology, especially Ragnarok. It's wild. And just like Loki with the haircutting scene with Sif, I was like, I know that one. It's where Thorgans is a hammer. I remember that one too. It's so From good. Senior year of high school. I just listened to an audiobook. Um, but also an equal, equally enjoyable experience. Rebel Moon is set to begin production early next year, but doesn't have an official release date as of yet. So we'll have to see how that one turns out. A lot like. This next series. That was a good segue. Because Last of Us, thank God you're here, old man. Season one, <laughs> episode count revealed by co-writer Craig Manzing of Chernobyl. So, another HBO show under his belt. The Last of Us can spend nearly as many out Fans of The Last of Us can spend nearly as many hours watching the show as they did playing the video game, which is it is based off of. Executive producer and co-writer Craig Manson has revealed on a script notes podcast that the first season of the HBO series will consist of 10 episodes. Manson told co-host John August that like his previous show from HBO Chernobyl, he had a straight to or, a straight to series order for the last of us, which comes with its own set of challenges. For instance, they can't go back and retool certain things after they've started which is what uh, HBO did with Game of Thrones pilot. As August pointed out, Manzin and his crew are currently filming uh, the first episode in Alberta, Canada, with Bella Ramsey and Pedro Pascal in lead roles as Ellie and Joel, two survivors who travel across post-apocalyptic United States together, holding hands and skipping. All right, probably not in that last part. Cat, uh, have you seen the video I sent you of this game? No, I have no. Sorry, that was scary. Um, that was a weird button to hit at that point. So um, I, I, I would highly this. recommend. Yeah. I would highly recommend watching. It is a great I, watch. I will. However, I have the memory of a gnat, so I need someone <laughs> to remind me 
all the time. All right, I'll set up a reminder for every 15th of the month to remind you to watch that show. And eventually, like Final Fantasy VI, it'll happen. Um, Five directors across ten episodes, and the the writing for the first three episodes and some of the extent for the first four episodes is kind of done. Manson also admitted that he certainly has budget challenges on the show, but that being said, described the budget as being, quote, healthy, saying we have the budget to make an excellent show, and so we shall. So that just means um, he's using every dollar. <laughs> every yeah, fucking he's, dollar. He's definitely using every dollar. Hey, did you eat that bagel? Um, Put it back. Thing, use it. So here's my thing with this with this IP. It's beloved by me uh, because I will, you know, I was actually debating on playing through it uh, again. Um, but um, <clears throat> the lore is already there. Oh, the stage is already set. Yep. You just have to put the pieces in play and I just want it. I just want it to be done effectively. And I want to enjoy this through that minor retelling of going through HBO. Cause I would love to see it. I would just love to see what they'll do with the IP. In a prior interview, Neil Druckmann revealed that the show will deviate greatly, in quotes, from the video game in certain respects. For example, in the game, there is much action that you have to train the player about mechanics-wise. You don't Yeah, have you don't to, have to go through that whole tutorial yeah, piece anymore. You don't have uh, to go through the tutorial. T- we don't get a training montage? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Can I also control the character in myself? Uh, that was a game. That was a movie uh, that starred uh, Gerald Butler. It was called Gamer. Yeah, that was an awesome yeah. fucking movie too. Um, <laughs> you have to have uh, you have to have more violence and more spectacle at to some degree than you would need on a TV I show. I don't think you need a lot more violence because that that that's oh what he said. If you didn't cut me off, he's saying you need that in the video game as opposed to the TV show because you don't need to train people how to use a gun. So no, no, just you like you're saying, how to use a gun. you don't need all of this. So it goes bang. It's actually good news that it's going to greatly deviate from the game in certain respects. They're not just trying to copy your homework. They're trying to make a good original piece that stands by itself. To where people be like, oh, shit, they made a game on this? That's the kind of effect you want from a TV series. I don't disagree. So, the sequel, Last of Us Part Two, came out 2020. Um, um, I definitely want to go through both of those games and give them both a playthrough. If they You're going to need to, man. On uh, the PC Master Race. Do you think... It would be better to go in not knowing anything, or do you think this is a movie for only the people who have? No, I think you can go in blind. I definitely you, think you, you can, can go in blind. I think you can. I think you can appreciate both sides. Yeah. So, because because there are certain beats in the video game that will only hit hard mm-hmm. in the video game, I think you should at least experience it like watching it on YouTube. Yeah, on the YouTube watch through. Yeah. It's but, just like a video game you don't finish, but you want to know how it ends. You yeah. just go to YouTube, watch the ending, and, uh, oh, okay. Well, I'm, 
All right. Now I know the story. Okay. Now I know that. Cause there is, there, it's, it's such a transformation of how, like of playing through and watching the erosion of, of Joel's character turn and start to care for Ellie. Yeah. So watching that and, and the delivery done by both uh, Troy Baker as Joel and, and, and Ashley Johnson as Ellie. I knew you knew him. And I was like, I wish I could help him out, but I, I have no idea the name, which, I knew which, Troy Baker, which if you look at the first episode of Loki, there was a little nod to, to Ashley Johnson because she was the waitress in the first Avengers. So that's who played Ellie. There were a lot um, of little nods in uh, that episode. Oh yeah. There's, there's so many. The Thanos helicopter. Yeah. My fucking favorite, like floating chair pass helicopter. Well, we we got to ask yeah. if, 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 if uh, cat watched it first, but, um, the first episode, I, I just haven't seen this week, so that's all. Okay, we're not going to say anything else. Um, but when they make this show for HBO, I yeah. think it won't take anything away no. from from the video game. It will be its 100%. own. It will be its own retelling, its own entity, and both can live in this space because the that's story is that good. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Another thing that's going to live on—that's our next story, because we always want you to. That's the same story. Sure. We always want you to hop sure you on over. Talk about that even longer. To the Game and DVD Exchange over at 23 State Street they Media PA. At 11. Exactly. So you can hop in there if you need any kind of accessories to your console, retro or current. I mean, I guess, you know, PS5 as well. No, they have a separate controller, don't they? Yes, yeah, they you got to buy a new controller. So you, they you may not have that. You don't have to. You don't have to buy one for the new Xbox. That's true. So they have that at least over on PlayStation. But you walk in there, and Mark says, "Broski, I don't have that." But he does have the latest from everything minus PlayStation, and as well as everything retro that you could ever want. Do you want to play Legend of Mana? He can help you out with the whole series. Right on the $5 wall, you'll find Spider-Man 3 as well as other useful DVD and Blu-rays. So, always want to give a little love out there to the Game and DVD Exchange, and uh, we'll be going live there eventually. We usually do at some point in the future. But they're, they're a good service for the nerd community. Something else that is a service, well, that's this next story. That was a good segue. But not a good story, because the Assassin's Creed, their next game, is going to be a live service game, i.e. like Fortnite. I don't have taps, but I would love to play taps right now. Like, <laughs> It was a good franchise uh, while it lasted. It's going to be worse than Fallout 76. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's live service. It's worse than everything. Because you're going to have seasons. Really? We're going to the 1700s. Right. Nobody's, still nobody fucking cares. Um, 
the series. Prince playing in the background. Party like it's An online service title is where the series is reportedly going by and confirmed by multiple industry insiders, including Bloomberg. So don't do it. Don't do it. I hope this is them putting the feelers out there and like they're like, hey, live service. No. Okay, I was just kidding. That's not confirmed officially. Like, I, I, it, Fallout 76 already just fucked everything up, right? We don't need to go further down the rabbit hole of this live service and everything has to be online gaming. How about you create what a you new before, IP and make that. that a live service? You know, just think of something else if you want to make a live service game. You know, there are certain, there Assassin's are certain Creed things. is single player yeah there are certain games that need to stay in their fucking lane i'm yes. just putting this it is out one of like them. fallout well damn like this assassin's creed even if they're going for a changing environment through multiple periods and everything like that you know there's going to be a fucking sh- a boatload or you know a british navy full of fucking micro microtransactions in there to where that's where people are fucking really criticizing Valhalla because they're adding different items and skins and shit in the customizable shop for you to buy instead of actual DLC content. So a lot of people, i got to believe, think this is the wrong move for Ubisoft to, to do. I think you're well, looking at Epic and you're seeing all this money from these live action service games like it's the next best fucking thing, but it's not the best thing if that's where you want your franchise to go for, because even the open world thing, while this last game Valhalla gave us more stealth, it's you're just going way too far from your roots. Yeah. I mean, I don't know where to, I, I don't, I have no words for this. I mean, cause it's, you're just taking, you're pretty much, it's, it's the, it's the death rattle. You know, when when you hear franchises like this, it's like it's going to be in 2013 all over again because it's like Diablo 3 suffered for, for not being online. SimCity suffered for because they were trying to do live service and you couldn't log into those those games. I just feel and like, everybody was eager to play them. I feel like time. this game is going to be made for people who are out of Ritalin. We're in the 1700s. We're in the 2000s. We're in the 1800s. We're in the 600s. We're going crazy. Like, calm down, guy. Calm down. I got the black death. Stop drinking coffee. This is not the right idea for you. You know, I I just see, I think there's a market for it, but I don't see it as being a long lasting answer for the franchise. I would rather see a sequel to the Michael Fassbender Assassin's Creed movie. What are you adding in your coffee? Is that sugar? No, it's 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 crack. <laughs> and heroin. <laughs> Mix it up on Thursdays. Um, which then, which then you you know, because it's just going to turn out dead or alive. You're coming with me. Yeah. The working rumored title is Assassin's Creed Infinity, which makes me throw up in my mouth because uh, do not go to infinity and beyond with this idea. I'm telling you. <laughs> Yeah, I, I am an Assassin's <laughs> yeah. Creed fan. Our cardboard jelly is propped up by a fucking Assassin's Creed hoodie I wear in the winter every uh, as much as I fucking can. You've seen it, really me wear it on this podcast. It's really sweatshirt. well. It's you have okay. So I think this is just me speaking off the cuff here. No life service. Get your head out your ass 
and you have 15 seconds to comply to go to the next story. Well, I guess we're just going to have to accept that because that is the worst story I could possibly go to, except there was this one, which is a new RoboCop game. We got, oh, yeah, that's the trailer right there. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, RoboCop game is coming in 2023 from Terminator developers. So that's how you know it's going to be a dumpster file, a uh, dumpster fire. I don't, I don't remember a Terminator game being exactly me. <laughs> exactly my point. Um, you know, there's a first for everything. Nikon and developer Tenyo. Oh, like the like the camera people. Uh, oh no, Nikon. Sorry, Nikon and Tayon are working on a movie studio. Uh, working with movie studio Metro Goldwyn and Meyer or MGM. On a new video game adaptation of the famous sci-fi franchise RoboCop called RoboCop Rogue City. Don't tell me anything. I get no information from this useless trailer. You get this Star Trek, uh, the movie kind of intro with this Uh weird, hey, we have graphics. This doesn't tell me anything. And then Inception-style cities popping up. Maybe that's the point. They want to keep you in They don't have anything done And then they have, like, a quick Girls Gone Wild titty flash of RoboCop at the end. Wait, what? <laughs> you know, the they gave RoboCop what? Robo, RoboCop was at the end. Is like this all those like the Batman nipples? Or yeah. is this no, no, like- no. RoboCop's now transgender, and he prefers him. They were going to call him RoboZer, but not sure how it was going to come out. The comments made in this. Does not RoboCop <laughs> only goes from one. Or I didn't actually add that All the people yet. in the pod. <laughs> I, I should have added that button. No, no, we're trying to I be all that, inclusive. I have that isolated. Um, but we get a little image here of RoboCop walking in. He's keeping Detroit's uh, streets safe. That's how you know this is fictional. Um, <laughs> yeah, because nobody lives here. <laughs> That's empty. Yeah. It's now Mad Max. Um, but according to Nikon, Rogue City is as faithful to the original IP and has you saving the city of Detroit from criminals, which we can't do in real life, and crooked corporations. Once again, I repeat myself, which we can't do in real life. In a first-person action-adventure setting. That sounds horrible. First-person, you know, I, I kind of... if I kind of, But I kind of feel if you do this like Deus Ex... And yeah. you have those kind of like cyberpunk modifications that you could do as RoboCop and beef up your RoboCop in, you know, different internal structures. It'll make you move fast, detect enemies and stuff so differently. There is a way for it to be done good. But I don't know that, you know, the people who made Terminator... What the fuck was that goddamn horrible game name? Um, you can tell I'm non-biased about this story. <laughs> Obviously, Each I of you didn't even write has re- had like these super visceral reactions to each one of you have got <laughs> at least one story. And I just I love this because you guys are that vested, but it's also hilarious because each it's like the same expression has passed and I'm sure even though I can't see Steven <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. I, can, I can hear I can yeah. hear it you so. hear the spite in his voice there I hear like I Here's can like I can, I've we seen all... his face enough that I know exactly what that voice meant yeah we all see <laughs> Superman 64 happening before our eyes again yeah 
And again. That's, and that's, again. Please, no, it's nightmares. That, that's this is it. when you say, this is when you say, don't look at me in that tone of voice. <laughs> <laughs> Rogue City is slated for release on 2023 on the consoles and PC. Robocop series celebrates its 35th anniversary in 2022. So this is coming a year late. I don't know why they added that in the story. All right, so let's move but on, on to the, the next, next story. one. It's really hot. Industry insiders back up GTA 6 release date and evolving maps claims. So Tom Henderson has made a name for himself being a reliable leaker when it comes to uh, Battlefield and Call of Duty games. But recently, yeah, don't fuck it up this time. He had a story. The information of the upcoming Grand Theft Auto 6 as well. According to Henderson, Grand Theft Auto 6 will be set in Vice City. The release date won't be set until sometime 2024 or 2025, and it will have an evolving map, in quotes. These Mm -hmm. kinds of claims should always be taken with a grain of salt, but they have also been backed up by another legitimate source, which is Bloomberg's Jason Schreiner, who is another leaker we have heard from in... You know, the past, he's an insider. So where I kind of feel like this is a a reliable grain of salt to take Uh for this story because Uh it goes right along the lines of what we know from Grand Theft Auto, which is Vice City has been rumored for so long. If it wasn't Vice City, I'd be surprised. I heard a rumor of three cities. Yeah, and Cuba's in there. Now, that also goes with the evolving thing (laughs) to where you can have – uh, um, a lot more you can add on later you start in vice city then you add on i don't know uh liberty city and san andreas and you know you have these all of these cities interconnected like they originally said the next game would so having it evolve like that different biomes different weather different kind of stuff like that is normal right. but having it evolve and having everything being able to be manipulated and destroyed and all this other kinds of stuff i feel that there's going to be a lot more stuff in Grand Theft Auto 6 that we don't realize because if it's shooting for 2024, 2025, we're a good bit into this console generation by then. So we have a lot so, more understanding of the technology. I could under I can see them doing Grand Theft Auto and Rockstar have always been kind of like they've always thrown a slight swerve. Yeah. And we've seen other uh IPs um not 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 done by Rockstar, but but they, what they do with their universe is that they separate the game into like different factions. So if you're like you have this, it's kind of like you know if they if they buy a let's just say they split Grand Theft Auto six and six cities, and you get six ba- you know you know three base games, and then they get the entire game. You have to play through your base game, and then you purchase the DLC to go to the uh, to go to the other cities, and they're all interconnected. Well, that just they be can like do with Fallout. the online service. I feel like Fallout Three and Fallout Four, to where you know they're going to the pit and Fallout Seventy Six, and they're revisiting that, and it's yep. that same yeah. kind of thing to where you're going to buy that next city if it interests you, but actually do it efficiently so it doesn't break the live service. Okay, yeah, you could you could no. try that. You could try that, um, but I like. The fact of an evolving map because that gives you a lot more promise of replayability, especially when you're looking at, you know, a video game to like Grand Theft Auto is like Elder Scrolls to where you're only getting one of those every so often because it's 
massive. It takes a lot of fucking time to do that. About a decade. And their online service that's attached to their Grand Theft Auto yeah. games makes them a shit ton of money. Oh, God, yeah. I think that's All just the shit. only thing they're going to put out. They're going to call it a game, put the online thing, and go, just give us your money, you stupid but I think that there is an option there for them to do this right if they treat it Look, like we they didn't did. Add a game, you once again. Yourself. If maybe they give us, oh, I don't know, a longer a story this time, maybe one that I can't complete. Yeah, that'd like, be come great. on now. Longer than ten hours. That'd you have be, to look at fantastic. you have to look at Grand Theft Auto as a whole property. There's still people buying Grand Theft Auto 3 on their mobile devices. It, that that game is still making them I, money. I, I San Andreas is making them money on their mobile devices. Yeah. It might be $10 a pop, but it's nostalgia that people are living in yeah. to purchase that. Yeah. It's the reason why, you know, it's the reason why, like, you know, us being Star Wars and Star Trek fans, when we see that's a new why I IP buy anything from... Star Wars game wise. <laughs> see, yeah, yeah. So, so like when when something gets and both old and new yeah. comes out or remastered, we buy it again. Mass Effect's a good example of that. I'm playing through. I'm almost done my my soldier run. It sure is. So, yeah. there, there's there's things that that happen, you know. And now we're at a point where nostalgia is hitting, you know, all the old IPs for for you know, rock star with Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. That six is a way to interconnect them all. Now it's six, just a way to interconnect them all. Six being a ways out. Do you see something else coming out from Rockstar before 2024? No, because they're also building their their Red Dead Online on you know their worlds too. So I so think they have they're pretty GTA locked in. and Red Dead Online content until the big GTA Six reveal of twenty twenty four, probably right, first that's... quarter twenty twenty five. I would say because at that point the, the the technology will have progressed far enough for them to warrant a game or a yeah. new game introduced. Enough time in the whole engine and all that in the next gen, yeah. right? Because they only need to make one or two game, one, two or three games with that engine, and then just put that engine to bed. They're now rebuilding all the money that they're making from from uh, the online services. They're putting into making but I like, an engine. I like how they're not doing what old Rockstar did, where they kept the same engine and they just kept putting out a different game, and it was the same shitty graphics. Grim, yeah, but Liberty that was City, easy Liberty on the PS2 era. That was easy on the PS2 era. Yeah, it was. You could get because away with Because the that. PS2 era didn't require a lot of assets on them. Man, what kind of crazy assholes would put out a new product and disguise it as, you know, uh, or put out an old product and disguise it as something new? I'll tell you who. This next story. <laughs> because Nintendo announced its new Switch. No, thank you. It's not it, a Nintendo Switch Pro. It's, no. it's just Switch OLED model. Play that bad, beautiful it, bean footage. Bad Nintendo. It is it's just a bad Nintendo. 6.4 inch screen bad to a Nintendo. 7 inch screen. That is oh, a whole point eight inches, giggity. Really? It makes it worthwhile. <laughs> Someone's shooting now. What the heck? Since when has anybody been happy with spending three hundred and fifty dollars and only getting point eight? I always find a way to put it in there. Oh. It's just a little prick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Giggity. Seven inch, seven twenty p OLED display. So it's no better a display than, let's say, your cell phone. 
probably maybe worse on some of the higher end cell phones. So you have Nintendo pretty much not changing anything. There's no 4K support. There isn't even so much as an NVIDIA chip upgrade in there. So it's coming out October 8th for $350. It has a new adjustable stand, huh? With more stand no. modes. Look at that wide stand adjustable. Huh? You wanted a bigger stand? Six stand. Four whole gigabytes. 64 whole gigabytes hey, of storage. Stop touching that gigabyte. <laughs> the new dock also has an Ethernet port, so you can plug in your internet uh, like a normal console, but you're not really because you still have those stupid ass Joy-Con controls. So here's what I think will happen. What is so hard about making a proper fucking controller, Nintendo? Can I ask you that personally for a minute? From GameCube to fucking NES. All of your controllers have felt horrible in my hands. Who plays that game? Really? What? Look, what the old man has. What is wrong with that? That is a Nintendo Switch controller. Why can't you just have that as your main controller? Why do you got to do go with those all this crazy asshole shit with the Joy Cons? To to well, make it. I don't it. have to make two sandwiches. I could just cut the sandwich in half, and then you can have half, and I can have half. That's stupid. Nobody uh, would eat at my house if I offered you half of my sandwich. Have they heard of the internet? You know, if I have a console and, and Chris has a console. Oh, don't worry. They're still we don't have to share a control. You push the button, the arrows, and I'll push yeah. the buttons, okay? No, we can only have four or six, eight, or I'm sorry, no, six actions for this character. Otherwise, you're fucked. Or you got to hold an uncomfortable bumper or something like that. And then now all of a sudden, I wonder why I have carpal tunnel and arthritis. Yeah, I don't. So. Um, and not because of what you think. <laughs> Giggity. There's just something to be said <laughs> about not really getting it here. You know, it's just one of those things to where I don't so, think Nintendo is physically paying attention to what people are saying. I'm not, I'm not going to hold, I'm not going to hold this against Nintendo because we do know that there's a chip shortage out. And I think they had all in, they had all intended to put out. Giggity. Well, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> they had all intended to put out a switch pro. Yeah. But with the chip shortage, they just stuck with what they wanted to stick with. A little beach ball virus got in the way. Yeah. Oh, that's what happened in the world. And stuff. tariffs on China. Yeah. So, so they just made a larger screen. Okay. Hey, I just, I just made it so you can see it better. Yeah. Well, now, <laughs> now you don't have to squint to play something because that first that switch really does have the original switch does have a tiny ass screen. Yes. That's, the fucking Six little, the little t- Amazon Fire tablet I have has a bigger screen than a Nintendo Switch, and I paid eighty bucks for it. Hey, hey, I'm sure the Amazon Fire tablet is compensating for something. Well, it's horrible operating software is probably that. Yeah, it's it's fucking so awful. It, it can never it, it can never you know get it to where you need to go. No, look, man. Sometimes plan plans don't actually. If it was a car, you'd be walking. Yeah, sometimes plans don't turn out the way you expect them to, like this next story. That was a good segue. Because Dota 2's in the International will now take place 
in the homeland of Bucharest. That's right, Romania. In October. He's actually There'll happy be a few Bucharels uh, there. If you can't like tell, I'm Romanian. Uh, He's happy because his, his country finally got a win. One in the win column! <laughs> right. You know, it's... I mean, I can't say much. I mean, Poland. <laughs> <laughs> We're from there as well. Yeah, there's, there's, a lot of there's a lot of ties in there. A lot of pipe laid giggity. About everything to the right of France. That's generally us. <laughs> there you go. That's the Western Front. But Do- Dota's, Ireland, Dota 2's prestigious, the international tournament, will now be taking place in Bucharest, Romania in October. Valve announced on Wednesday that the event had originally been set to take place in Stockholm, Sweden in August. However... Valve had announced in June it had to take start looking for a different locations because of the restrictions on esports events in Sweden. Where, so what are the, they're probably a little bit too more strict with COVID rules that yeah, they want. Weren't one of the stands available, like Kazakhstan? Was one of the other ones. <laughs> Uzbekistan, Uzbekistan. Yeah. They, they're not available. What about Miramar? <laughs> Yeah. They're new. They're, they need people to come. Yeah. They'll probably may not be that accepting, but you know, just. Keep your head down. You'll be fine. Um, Wear a flak jacket. The rescheduled event, which will be hosted in Bucharest, this national arena. He's going to be coming in in a hurt locker, bomb, bomb rescue outfit. I'm here to play. <laughs> Who are you, the Master Chief? No, I am just a participant. I'm just, I got a, a 34B. I'll be up there. <laughs> so Bucharest uh, Arena National. Uh, will kick off October 7th. Uh, the group stage running through October 10th. The main stage events start October 12th, and the final match will take place on October 17th. Players will be competing for an eye-popping large prize pool of more than $40 million. Tickets are not yet on sale, and information will be coming out very shortly, says Valve. So... Head on over to Bucharest, uh, take a look at the Carpathian Mountains, and also enjoy a nice Dota 2 International Tournament over in Bucharest. Thanks to Valve, who, of course, is the parent company of Steam! Ah! It's not the same Ah. analogy, buddy. It's not the same. But one thing that is the same is the... Next story, which is, of course, the perfect person to talk to if you need a home for your geek culture and nerdy news. That's Tony Brown Homes with his wife, Clarissa. They will find you the very best home for your needs. Working with K&W, Keller Williams, they will uh, work to get you that garage for all of your luggy and nutty automotive needs. Or maybe that sweet location that is right in Fios range. Oh, yeah, that's important. So you'll have to check out them and contact them here at facebook.com backslash Tony Brown Homes for the perfect home for your needs today. And, of course, this brings us off to the end of the show, which we always end off with a little nerdy palate cleanser that is known as the end segment, a nice thought experiment meant to expand your minds and your thinking potential, which today... Our question is, what MCU hero or villain would you want to be uh, the variant of and why? Kat, you mentioned Mojo in the chat. 
Yes. Um, Entertaining TV, I will say. Even, what was it, uh, Thickia Land? With all the thick yeah. boys and girls? Well, it's yes, because we are going to have thick boys and girls and everything Chasing in between. thick waterfalls. Babies, everything's going to be thick. Everything. The waterfalls, the mountains, the houses, the That's shoes. That's a thick rock. Everything's thick. That's a thick boulder. <laughs> even, the, even the fedoras will be thick. A thick-brimmed fedora? I don't know. It sounds heavy. Zero I mean, the rest heavy. of you is going to be thick, so that will compensate. So it'll be it'll all have, You can't have a skinny hat on a thick head. I Proportional mean, we all thickness. Harley, tiny man, big jacket. I mean, tiny jacket, big guy. Fat guy in a little coat. That's the one. Fat guy in a little coat. <laughs> Richard, what's happening? I just I think that, well... He's got all these magic powers, which who doesn't like manage magic powers? And I always feel when I'm watching like big videos or TVs that I always have these ideas of how what they're doing is wrong and they're so misused powers. So why not use my magical powers for entertaining since I watch so much of that stuff? I might as well create my own content. Fair enough. Fair enough. I like it. I like it. It's an and interesting I also choice. think, like, I'm, like, even though I'm a villain, I'm on my own world. So who am I you really You make the rules. Bothering? Who am I really bothering? Is it bad? Yeah. Well, I just, mean, Mojo did abduct uh, people and put them on his world just so he could get better but ratings. But that's, that's him. I'm, I'm a variant, so. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I'll so offer go... a good health package, 401k uh, pension. Some nice benefits. Line. Okay. Right? I mean, wait, it's my world, so free health care for some, everyone. Some a good living reviews, wage. You know, good reviews out there on Google. Yeah. A nice place to work. When you go Google it, it's, you know, Katerina Thicky Land, you know, five stars. <laughs> I think that has a lot of promise, you know. I, Even, I think that in the right hands. Yeah. You know, and um, another thing that I remember about Mojo is that he is. Well, he like has that a, spider weird robot and. Well, his platform, I think I could do better than just like spider platform legs. I think I would do something like steampunk. Just, I don't know, just something cooler. I haven't really put that much thought into it, but I definitely, definitely also kill plants. Like with T-Rex legs or of... Stegosaurus legs. <gasps> See, now you're talking. Now you're talking. That would be dope. Yeah. That would but, be oh my gosh, choice. I want like my, my platform to walk like Thick Boy Spyro. <laughs> Thick Boy Spyro platform might be the title of the podcast. Okay. Um, but Old Man... Did you pick your variant? So, I know we were talking earlier. <laughs> you went into the DC realm. That big sigh was... <sighs> Go yeah, ahead. You, he went into the DC realm, but keeping it in the Marvel realm, I think, is a little bit more strict. We'll have to go into DC in another podcast and segment. Um, if you need time to think, I think I, I, I have my Marvel uh, pick. And it's it's tempting to pick like a Iron Man or you know somebody like that, but honestly, I've always really related to Peter Parker because my fa- parents were brutally murdered and never talked about. No, um, because 
It's really? The, I don't remember. <laughs> it's the, I mean, I, I got a pretty good memory. I didn't get the memo that one. I don't, I don't think here? I remember That was that. a bad segue. But Your poor parents. No, but I, I, I always like... I I always like that idea of Spider Man. They're, they're they're watching right but, now. Being but like, you are know, we murdered? Oh no, Ben was the best. <laughs> but the the fact that anybody could be behind that mask is really the thing in the multiverse of Spider Man, and it's who is the Spider Totem. So any of us could be Spider Man because any of us could be behind that mask. But I feel like I'm funny and quippy. So, thwip, thwip, bitch. I think I would be pretty a pretty good Spider-Man. Um, for me, it would be Carnage. Yeah, you would. You are Cletus Cassidy looking. Y'all are too mainstream for me. I like Spider-Man with my pick. I, I, I think I would be a very... He's very underappreciated, but he is, you know, applauded and, you know, loved by the common New Yorker. The people that actually see the hard work that he goes into and the thought and the process that he does for being the That's best fair. hero. That's and fair. he is one of the most strong. He is one of the most physically strong heroes because he's been able to go toe to toe with the Incredible Hulk. And not that pussy Mark Ruffalo version. No offense. I think Mark, maybe but. I just went too obscure because I thought, you know, no, we your, were... your pick was perfect because Mojo is. You, especially when you're looking at variant-wise, it's just an entertainer. But when you look at Spider-Man, he's a brilliant inventor in one realm. I would definitely be the broke bitch Spider-Man. I wouldn't have any web fluid because I couldn't figure <laughs> the, it out. The mismatched shoe. Um, oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. No, Spider-Man in sweatpants? Move over, dude. I got a way worse Spider-Man look. Oh, yeah. Probably like the you know the original Tom Holland one they briefly showed with the goggles and shit. Oh yeah, I'd I'd, I'd be down around that level, Spider Man. Um, I need a Tony Stark handout to really be a, a proper Spider Man. No, I really have to think. If I was going obscure, it would be have to. I would have to think about it. Jonah Hex. I like that. That's DC. Fuck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, fucking. Kingpin. Oh, that's so good for you. I was going to say Cable. Kingpin. Kingpin. I don't know. Vincent D'Onofrio was the fucking, like, premium. This Kingpin. is a variant. Remember, a variant's <laughs> not going to have everything that the original source had. Like the psychotic nature? No, we're keeping that. Okay. <laughs> Except the Portuguese will come out when you start slamming people's heads in car doors. <laughs> You'd be like, excellent. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, I would do the king. I, I would do. Uh, I can be dastardly. I mean, that's that's good for it. Okay, but if we're a variant, you could be a good guy. You could, but that's going against the grain. Yeah, Mr. Kingpin's um, neighborhood. It's a good way to get a, uh, uh, you know, pruned. <laughs> it's a good way to get pruned. <laughs> um, Big Brother, where are you going with your variant? I was gonna say Kingpin or uh, Batman, and I'd get therapy and then hire some cops to do the actual work. But He's uh, Tom Cruise I'll, as Wonder Woman. Yeah, no, I'll go. <laughs> I'll go with uh, Doctor Strange. 
Damn. Yeah, no. Studious magic. Yeah, because you could abuse the magical powers like he did with uh, grabbing, you know, food and stuff. Just womp, womp, womp. Where's my money? There you go. You don't have to leave your house. You can do all your fucking grocery shopping very easily. Yeah. I, I would actually I think be a good. That's ice actually man. a really good choice. Work from home. I would actually be a good ice man. Mm, Bobby Drake, yeah, ice man. That's a cool choice. Yeah. I see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> the sound effect definitely helped it out. So, um, so, so I know, I know. We said just to give a a little uh, a little quip to it. Um, look at what I put in the chat on Zoom. Mm-hmm. The short hat on a big guy, on a thick boy. I pulled this one up because this is... The, <laughs> I, I laughed when I heard that. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? That's why we need to have a thick fedora. Thick fedoras are needed. Thick fedoras are needed. <laughs> Especially a, since it's proportionate to the body. Angle. So I think we got a lot of great variant choices, and it, it is definitely needed for people to go ahead and click that Contact Us button and let us know what your choice of variant is and which Marvel hero or villain would you choose for your universe. And make sure you find us on all social media handles, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Even though, I mean, not really. A lot of people go to YouTube, and they're, you know cover up gotta start somewhere can't say anything that they don't like platform that's why we go live on facebook you should choose to be thick if someone asks you if you want to be a thick boy ray you say yes (laughs) so we end off this podcast not just with bill murray references but Thank yous. We want to thank you to Jim Leahy, Joe Gilmore, Amanda Miller, Sean Ennis, and Mark Gervais for liking, commenting, and supporting the podcast. And, of course, we end off this podcast every single week the same way with a – oh, shit. We have some, uh, We are affiliated with a certain uh, webpage for merchandise, aren't we, old man? Yes, we are. AAF. Uh- Go to aaf.com. I will put the link in the chat here so everybody will have it. But um, aaf.com or aafnation.com is where I bought this handy dandy shirt here with Stone Cold George Washington given a red coat of stunner. Um, But uh, anything that you purchase with our link will get 20% and it will go to supporting our amazing podcast. Exactly. So make sure you go to that link below. I'll make sure I add it in all of the audio podcast form, the YouTube form, and the, on the Facebook. We'll have it up yep. there. If you so click that on the you link and, and you can put it up on the page, you can put it up on the green screen behind you just so we show everybody. And, of course, you could also support the podcast and get a great shirt. All these great shirts. Like uh, Teddy Roosevelt on a raptor. George W. Bush on a shark. Mm-hmm. Obviously in a Sharknado. You know, Reagan on a raptor. That's very classic. So you'll get one of these great shirts. Buy two, get one for 50% off and still support the Pur- Purjangers and Wallhangers Media Network, both the Triforce Podcast and the Lugnuts Podcast, which is, of course, on every Sunday night on the Purjangers and Wallhangers Media Network. 
And you'll find us here on Triforce every Thursday, beginning around 7 p.m.-ish. And, of course, I always promise it and always deliver. This is Long Drawn Out. Goodbye. I am Matthew Bugrell, the Matman. To my left, in the Pertanger box, we have Christopher Bristow, the old man. All the way from Thermoscara, Katarina Thermoscara, wonderful woman. Our omnipotent presence that is big brother Stephen Bugrell. And, of course, our hero of time, Link Diablo. We love you. We miss you. We want to see you next week. As always, Wild Jaggers, game on, boys and girls. Bye-bye. Oh, now we're going to end it. Super crazy. All the time. Oh, God. Shut it up. I know. Oh, I know. God. I'm excited as well. Yeah. And very and scene. We're doing it live. Play on the tangers. That was a good segue. Beat blue. Record, yeah. motherfucker. <laughs> Pokemon anal bead, anal bead blue may be the title of this end credit podcast. <sighs> um, and then, so, I'll be right back because I have a shirt for you in particular. Yeah, we can hear. I have to go get it first, so hang on. Okay. That's good. I need it. And look at my shirt right now. I think I know where this is going. Yeah. Yeah. Is it our affiliation? Stone Cold George Washington. Okay. In the meantime, I'm going to take this point to notate out. I'm putting it out on our social medias here that we are going to be going live. I haven't done that in a while. And also, I can't wait for Bed Bitch tomorrow. Mm-hmm. That fucking show, man. It's really good. You never know who they're going to fucking pull out next on the you know on an episode. You see Rex, and then you see Fennec, and then you see you know all these different characters in the Star Wars animated and live action universe that they're really playing with, and it's really fun and it's really cool. I love how they're continuing on with that. Yes, they can leave Resistance dead. I agree. I got through like maybe three episodes. I really wasn't wasn't too satisfied with that. I'll put it that way. But the other shows are classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you know that's good TV. It is. So this shirt, I would say, fits your personality nicely. That was such perfect timing. Because it is uh, FDR transform. Like oh, they, you stopped. Mr. Parkinson's hands. Okay. Oh, no. It's probably your camera. Yeah, your camera keeps auto-focusing. Is it someone in power armor? Yeah, it's uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. All right. If it would focus, we we could see it. It kind of looks like uh, Jim Belushi. Are you saying I'm uh, as iconic as a paraplegic president? Maybe. He he was big on radio. I mean, he... Well, uh, he had a face face for radio. Uh, Same as me. Uh, so played, there's that played by uh, John Voight. Um, yeah, yep, 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 yep. So um, 
Yeah, man, I'm really excited because we do have a good show. Um, do you have a choice lined up for your end segment? Because I made it and I thought it was awesome, but I still have no idea who I'm going to pick. I, I have no idea right now. Hero or villain? We got a lot in the news that maybe something will jog. Um, Wait, does it have to be like like any hero or villain? I mean, any. Well, I, I thought in the MCU, but really, okay. we could we could open that up, or we could just you know can it and you know rehash it next week or some other time, you know. Because um, I you find can almost, myself being you can a do good... the multiverse in a whole bunch of different fandoms. I find myself being a good pick, like a good variant pick for either the Riddler or the Joker. Those would be my two. Or Lex Luthor. Yeah, I mean, DC would really fit you. I mean, as far as Marvel, man, I don't know. I mean, we could probably open it up to Marvel and DC because... I wouldn't pick the obvious DC character that you would think being not minus the shirt. My, you know, wow! I picked the perfect fucking time to wear the shirt too. Yeah, um, my knockoff <laughs> Matman logo fan art uh, T-shirt. Um, I want to get another Matman shirt. We're going to be working on a merchandise shop. Um, coming soon. But Teespring, Teespring, you can design it on Teespring. I always loved the Flash. So I would love to be a version of that Scarlet Speedster for probably about 10 years right now with the Speed Force I'd give my niece. Um, probably less because I'm probably overestimating myself. I'd probably 45 take... seconds. <laughs> about 45 feet and then... I'd be... Ah! Ah! Oh God, that was a bad idea. Yeah, that'd be it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll be uh, uh so be I it. think yeah. in your being a legend in your own mind, there, Matt. Um, <laughs> yeah, of course, <laughs> you. Um, I think you were always faster than you thought, but that also has to contribute to the pot that you were smoking at the time. <laughs> it's like I could do this real fast. It took you. 20 minutes to clean that slicer. (laughs) You know what, man? It was good shit, but no. um, Honestly, though, that's a hard, that's a hard pick because if you could go uh, hero and villain, now what hero would you go? Because I went hero villain wise. I always thought I would love to be uh, as psychotic as the Joker, but that's, you know, synonymous. No, that's true. Um, but no, I, 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 I would like a Lex Luthor because who wouldn't love that money and eating all and eating and drinking whatever you want, having seven, you know, cofillion dollars to play around with. Yeah. But just because you're a variant of Lex Luthor doesn't mean you're going to be rich. doesn't mean you're getting the money. <sighs> Maybe I drive the Empire Lex Corp into the ground and then become friends with Superman. All right, Elon. <laughs> <laughs> but he's landing his rockets on the ground for the most part. Sometimes the star, uh, I think the recent star, what is it? Starship Starcraft. Yes. Uh, the penis rocket that he's building for people dragon. to go to Mars. Drag, dragon the, X. Yeah. The, dra- the dragon penis. Uh, it, it did land. Yeah. Landing here. That's the easy part. Eh. 
But you know, um, the, NASA's so, doing big things with their little helicopter uh, RC car on Mars right now. They're having yeah, they're more networking. Driving it around. Um, we have um, a lead on possible spot to do live events when they start opening up in in media. Nice. Where, pray tell? Uh, you remember the townhouse in media, the restaurant? Yeah, yeah, they've been redoing it. Yeah, so I got the card for them. They're going to put, going to, they uh, gave me the card to talk to their events coordinator and we'll set something up. That'd be awesome if we could because get they're going to be doing like slash like comedies of shows slash yeah. um, like events out in their outdoor deck, and they have internet there, so we could just live stream it. Hey man, I'm down, especially for just like fuck man. We could we could pull either podcast there. Yeah, That's nothing. we could do a live lug nuts. Yeah, I don't I don't know too much who's going to show up. People love cars. Yeah. Whether to one or one hundred or one thousand, doesn't matter. It's as long as we have fun with it. Zero to sixty, and yes, I will have you as a live cast. <laughs> so, do we know if Cat's coming? Uh, I didn't hear. It's from only her. been holy shit. It's only been like eight minutes, but it feels like long. wow. It felt like hours in my mind. So, Loki. Yes, yes amazing. I love this episode, and I agree with Tom Hiddleston. Four and five seem to be my favorite right now, especially with the Kang the Conqueror nod that they put on this uh, the Stark Tower because it's all over the Internet now, all the ties in, uh, tie-ins. But if you haven't seen it, it's spelled Qu- uh, Quang, Kang, but Q-E-N-G, and that is in the comics – Kang the Conqueror, and he's, you know, that's his company. He buys it off of Stark Towers or Stark Industries in the comics, and then, you know, that's a whole interlude. So they really seem to be, especially with um, uh, uh, Renoa uh, on uh, the TVA side, she has ties with Kang the Conqueror. So they're really laying this Kang the Conqueror peanut butter heavy, really, right here. But she doesn't know who's involved, I think. It's whipped. It's whipped. It's whipped Peter Pan peanut butter. Yeah. But who do you are you betting are you putting your, your berries in the in the Kang the Conqueror basket of who's behind the TVA? Or is this somebody like another Loki variant? The supreme Loki. Because there has been that running theme in the show. Of who is the supreme Loki. So having a Loki make these animatronic robots, you know, make people believe. Like, because he's like, that's ridiculous. That seems like a ridiculous, like, mischievous thing that a Loki would do. What's the biggest swerve is to think that people are are on the right path. Yeah, that's true. But I, I really like the Loki, the supreme Loki kind of thing. Because especially with the Spider-Man meme of the all the Lokis fucking each other up and Richard E. Grant, my god man he was awesome fantastic fantastic. I, I, shed, I shed a tear, I shed a tear a tear when I you know, he got decimated but but he showed the true power of a Loki and I love that they made him the classic Loki from the comics, he survived Endgame and just kind of as soon as he goes to step off the planet and be a good Loki, done. Snapped. Just like all the other ones pruned right in there. You got to be a fucking dickhead. Otherwise, in the room with you. 
with the cloud dog, storm cloud dog. He was an <laughs> all right guy. He's just a little fluffy cloud pupper. Maybe sort a woofer. Of. He was definitely a woofer. I've sensed that. I sense that as a warped PBS show. The big storm cloud dog instead of the Clifford the big red dog. No, that's his. <laughs> that's Clifford's, come here, Stormy. Come that's here. Clifford's antagonist. You know, Stormy is arch nemesis. <laughs> we make that a fucking anime, and we're golden in Japan. <laughs> Add a lot of coffee, boobs, and underwear, and you're fine. We will only get what? one third of their base, but that's all we need. <laughs> <laughs> Especially in the manga market, they're going to be chopping down trees left and right to print that shit. I think we got something, but we definitely have something on the variant. I love what Loki's going. I really, I, I hope it isn't the Kang, but I would just be, I would be just as pleased because they announced Jonathan Majors or teased Jonathan Majors as Kang for a while now. So you but can't about, tell me you couldn't. What have about fucking... Adam Warlock's a little like insert there? <sighs> yeah, mm. but, but, I mean, I feel like maybe a. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I I trust they know what they're doing because the show has been amazing up until this point, and I think that the relationship between Loki and Sylvie up until this point has been more than just falling in love with yourself. This has almost been a journey of coming to terms with who you are and seeing that all these good versions of yourself have these same qualities that you have and you hold true, even though they're slightly different or askewed or an alligator. I think it's a, it's a little bit different. It's like, yeah, it's kind of like in the weird warped perception of, you can only count on yourself, but would in you another corporeal form. Would, would you fuck yourself? That's the definition of narcissism there, sir. Yeah, but I mean. It's like if standing you're like, in the mirror is like, yeah. Yeah, but myself. if you're. But if no, I'm just going, no, no, thank it's, you. It's like your, your multiverse female equivalent, you know, opposite there. Are, are you fucking yourself? I mean, obviously you're super hot and you're just like, damn, I am fine in this universe. Would you do it? It's not you. You could have completely different DNA than that person. It's just that is the that multiverse's equivalent of yourself. So it's there's yeah, there's I mean, no pencil tucky in there. No 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 uh, twenty. There, I'm not, I'm no not gonna be like no twenty three and me on this one, sir. <laughs> there's no banjos, you know? I mean it's DNA cleared. DNA cleared, then yes. I mean I'm I'm a narcissist, so I would definitely fuck myself in that metaphorical setup but yes with dna cleared yeah i'm glad i'm not alone um but no yeah that that loki thing is it's an interesting point in the story but what they've done with all three of these shows is very impressive because they were side characters and you're like oh okay you know nice side characters but this is showing the marvel you know the whole marvel process to everybody who's been a, a comic fan to where you saw sam wilson become Captain America and Bucky, as you saw Scarlet Witch and, you know, Billy and uh, uh, Wiccan and Speed, you know, being born and taken away and all that. We've seen this before in the comics, and now we have that uh, that option to really make things done well in live, a in live action. 
because we have I a lot of fresh talent on it. There's also a lot of um, – it's just – Owen Wilson's depth in that character is awesome. Did you see uh, – there's a fan theory that he is a Howard Stark variant, and I really love and appreciate that because that would explain why he has an obsession with jet skis because he was fucking rich, and he had a bunch probably, and a yacht. That's why he also looks similar to his – you know, to Iron Man's father in Endgame. Same mustache and everything. Yeah, that's really it's really fucking great. I I really appreciate what Marvel is doing, and we'll be getting more into that. But I figure we should just kind of eh, fuck it. We'll start the car here. Um, give Big Brother time to punch in two thirty four. Join us as now, oh, switch it over. Little... Switch it over to uh, uh, Perjangers first, because otherwise you're just gonna have to retype it. So so I don't know if you caught this or not. But um, who did who did um, Mobius say that Loki was? D what what? Uh, D Baker? Oh no, uh, um, D B Cooper. D B Cooper. Yeah, you know that's also a nod to a previous film that they've done together, Midnight that... in Paris. Because oh, that's uh, awesome. Hiddleston's character was F. Scott Fitzgerald. Nice. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. A nice Which I think I think they're about. variants of each other at that point because yeah. What better way? Like if Marvel was smart, they would buy the rights to that movie, put it on Disney Plus, and then put yeah. that canonically as a preemptive to Loki. Yeah. Oh, and I'm going to add in a little RIP thing mention about Richard Donner. Because I mean, the man of the Donner Party, Party of One, um, he he did, uh, but Superman, Lethal Weapon, Scrooged, the Goonies, Richard Donner brought us Thanos, and he mentored Kevin Feige. So we're going to get into a lot of this in that first part. So I'm going so to. So Richard Donner's fing- fingerprints are all over everything superhero and. Shh, hold on to your thoughts because grab your butts and uncover your nuts because this is the start Pistachios. of the podcast. I am so glad you had those at hand. You made it such a good joke. Tune in to the end credits, <laughs> end credits to find out. Bye. Bye. <laughs>